Listening Dog Media. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. England only managed a 1-0 win over Denmark today. Argentina had a goal of the tournament contender in their draw against South Africa and a 10-player China beat Haiti 1-0. With me for this show, it's Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Hoops. Hello. And the WSL and ex-England striker Natasha Dowie. Hi, Tash. Hiya. Uh, let's do a quick emotion check then after the England game. We'll go into the details later on. Tasha, just wonder uh, how you're feeling about things at the moment. It's six points, isn't it? Six out of six, top of the group. Um, so, you know, you've got to be positive about that. You know, we can go into the details later on of the game, but the main thing is, is they won the game again, another clean sheet. So, yeah, really positive. Hard on the nerves this game, Lindsay? Yeah, in the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought we were going to see a repeat of the Euros when we absolutely tore apart Norway. And I thought that performance was coming. Obviously, we'll go into this later, but it it didn't materialise that way. I'm with Tash, though. We can't be anything but positive. Top of the group, which is where we wanted to be. And it's all in our hands against China. Yeah, Kira Walsh picked up that terrible injury, of course. And I think that did upset things a little bit. But we'll discuss that more in a moment. You've been letting us know what you think, your reaction to the England game against Denmark today, using the hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod. Don't forget to rate, follow and subscribe whilst you're at it. Always grateful. Uh, There are some really good comments coming through, though. Cal Swan said, I think Tash Dowie must be the most informed and well-connected pundit. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Yes. And Andrew Ibbers said, it's my first time listening. I had no idea what to expect, but I found myself immersed in the show. I am hooked forever. Goodness me, that is quite a commitment. But I thank you kindly, Andrew. Don't go anywhere, ever. And thanks to the Football Supporters Association for featuring us in your newsletter too. Lindsay, you got a nice shout out there. Yeah, and it all links up lovely with Helen, who's out in Australia, who'd done a a little vox pop earlier today before the match with the Free Lionesses. Well, Free Lionesses are all part of the Football Supporters Association. They will also be um, hopefully uh, making people aware of this show, as we will be making people aware that they're getting everyone together. Fans can go. If you're a lone traveller in Australia, go out there, find Free Lionesses and enjoy the experience as a group. Oh, I like it. Stand by then and let's digest England's full performance. 
Well, just six minutes in, England ended their goal drought from open play thanks to a long-range goal from Lauren James. But after Kira Walsh went off on a stretcher, England couldn't produce another and Denmark came close. Amelie Vansgaard hit the post. Helen Hardy was at the Sydney Football Stadium for us and she joins us now. Helen. Good evening. How are you guys? How are you doing? Tell me what it was like in the stadium because it felt pretty hairy and then maybe just a little bit of an energy suck towards the end of that game. I want to know what it felt like in the stadium in Sydney. Yeah, definitely. It was such a huge lift before the game. Obviously, as Lynn's uh, mentioned before, meeting up with the fan group, going to the stadium together. It felt like a match day back in England. And unlike my experience in Brisbane, it was really England heavy. I mean, there was England fans everywhere. There was England flags all over the stadium. And um, you definitely heard us loud and clear during the national anthem. As you say, Kate, there was definitely a drop in energy after the Kira Walsh incident. And I must say on a personal note, it it took the wind out of my sails. And I'm I, I was sort of sat there thinking, I don't know how the players can make a positive impact now because it was such a huge game changer of a moment to happen in the game. And and you saw it happen to the players, but you saw it also happen within the stadium as well. And after that, it was really difficult for the fans to get back into it, but they didn't give us much either to go off. It was a challenging 90 minutes. And I think I came at the end of it. And the first thing I did is ring my dad and I said, you know what, three points. I'm absolutely delighted with that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have felt that way. Probably if you'd said to me, we're going to win one nil tonight, I would have been like, oh, this is worrying, but three points under the circumstances. And that's a big win for England. We got the benefit, Helen, of the replays and the close-ups when that incident with Kira Walsh happened. And and you could actually read her lips, what she was saying. First of all, she, she was saying to all the players that were going over to her, go away, don't, don't come near me, which was sign number one. And sign number two, she just was saying, it's my knee, it's my knee. And Tash, you've been on a football pitch so many times, you'll have, you'll have experienced this yourself as well, but it doesn't bode well, does it? It feels like that's an ACL injury and the pictures afterwards as well, it looked like she'd got that brace on as well. Yeah, it's horrific, isn't it? And I think it's been happening just too often at the moment in the women's game. And I've been in a training session before at Liverpool where two of my teammates, Lucy Staniforth and Nicole Rosler, the German player at Liverpool, they did their ACLs and and I heard the noise and and when it happens live and you're around it, it's horrific. Mm. It really is. Was that during a game, Tash? It was actually during training um, and it was at Widnes on a 4G pitch. So, you know, you can read into all things about why it's happened. You know, Kira Walsh has played a lot of football this year. Um, Jonas Anderval was talking about the pitch and it looked a bit dry when Lauren James slid on her knee. She kind of got stuck and it looked like... In the goal like celebration, her, yeah, yes. it did. It really yeah. did. And it straight away you could tell she knew what it was. And honestly, I don't want to put a dampener on things, but I don't think she's replaceable in this team. And I really do think this could be a killer blow for England because I don't mm. see how you can replace her. She's such a specialist in that position. Um, and I think you could tell, like you said, as soon as that injury happened, the whole energy, the, the it just zapped the whole game, to be honest. Yeah, so you can't replace her. But um, I guess this is why Serena Vigman is so famed for her tactics. She'll have to find a different way. I can see you nodding along, Helen. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think Lynn's touched on it um, about you watching it on TV. We didn't have a clue. And so we're in the stadium and, and there's just chatter around and nobody's really focused on the game up to half time, And even over half time, it's all we're talking about. And everybody's just trying to find out what's going on on Twitter. And it really takes away from what's happening. I mean, before that, all I could hear on the train as we headed over to the stadium was, oh, I can't believe Lauren James is starting. This is so exciting. Like all the chatter was about the game itself. 
And then from then to the end of the game, all the chatter was about Kira Walsh. And I felt it as well. Like that, that was the energy I was giving to the game. I was kind of out of it a little bit. And I think mm. Tasha's touched on it. She's irreplaceable. I think there's a single player on that pitch that is more important to us than Kira Walsh. It sounds awful, but when, when when we were getting so many injuries in the England squad, I think in my head and my heart, I was delighted that we were taking Kira Walsh to the World Cup as one of the world's best central defensive midfielders, if not the best central defensive midfielder in the world. It's, yeah. it's devastating as an England fan. You're starting to stress me out, Helen. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> please shed some light on this. How do they replace her tactically? What should they try? Well, today we saw Laura Coombs come on and that surprised me. I actually thought that Serena Wiegmann would go with Katie Zellum. That was the replacement I was expecting. But I think, uh, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to get Tashi's point of view on this, I think with Jordan Nobbs in that squad and the experience she's got, do you use her in that role? And I know she's more of an advanced midfielder usually, but I think she could do a job there. And she is technically very good on the ball. She might not have that breadth of pass that I think Kira Walsh has got, but I think she could calm things down. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, you almost guiltily forget about her, to be honest, because we're talking about Laura Coombs coming on and then Katie Zellum. And then when you mention her name, I'm like, oh my God, yes, of course, she's she's involved. And I think the thing that I noticed today was that discipline in that holding mid-roll, which I think we struggled with today because Kira Walsh is that person that she will just sit She'll protect the back line. And obviously, Farrah Williams actually made a great point on TV that it's not just England that it affects. It affects the opposition and the way that actually they set up because everyone wants to basically stop Kira Walsh from playing. And actually, when she got injured, they felt a bit more freedom to go and actually step on and have a go because they didn't have to worry about her getting on the ball. But going back to who replaces her, I think they probably need now to look for two more defence-minded players and then allow maybe Lauren James, I think, who needs to start in the 10 next game. I think for me, Toon has been way too quiet for the last couple of games. So maybe you do bring in a Zellum because I think for Man United, she does play that holding role. I think her and Stanway, she would even allow then Stanway to push on a bit because I think Zellum's more defence-minded than a Coombs because I think... You take away from Stanway's game if she's playing that defensive role. You know, she can score goals. You know, you want to see her higher up the pitch. So personally, I would bring Zellum in, allow Stanway a bit more freedom and then put James in the 10 and then go with Hemp and Kelly and Russo through the middle. Viv Miedemar, by the way, tweeted after the game and said the World Cup should have been played with 26 player squads to reduce the load on players. We know the number of big players missing at this tournament. England have already uh, fallen foul of that before, but also we've had injuries to Sam Kerr, Wendy Hannard, Ada Hegerberg, and now Kira Walsh at the tournament. Um, let's have some Lauren James appreciation from you, please, Helen. Oh, my goodness. I mean, hate to say I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) You did, though, didn't you? You And you said she looked so good in training before this one. Do you know what? All season, I've I've been Lauren James' biggest fan at Chelsea, and, and she's been sort of biding her time waiting for her moment. I think the thing that gets me is that she's such a young player, and I think maybe as an outsider, you might look at her and think she might not be confident enough. She's quite... She's quite an introverted person. Uh, she just is the most, she oozes confidence on the football pitch. She almost looks, it looks 
lazy almost because she's so comfortable and um, the way that she <laughs> plays football is like she brings it inside and then she's like nah I think I might go out actually she just dances <laughs> on the ball it's like it's just a joy to watch I think that she's our biggest most exciting opportunity and I genuinely believe she can be and, and possibly already is world class. Lindsay I think it was really interesting how well Rachel Daly and Lauren James worked together having I don't think played together like that in that partnership on the left before. Is Rachel Daly now going to start at left back for the rest of England's games? If England had have gone on and won that three or four nil, which they threatened to do at the beginning, I was saying as I was watching, oh, especially in those first 20 minutes, because I thought the goals were just going to keep coming. And I said, that's it. Rachel Daly won't get a sniff now. I'm not sure. I think I think there might be an opportunity for her to get the number nine position back again at some point. Let's see. But I did think that it was a stronger backline with Alex Greenwood alongside Millie Bright. I don't know whether you'd agree, Tash. Yeah, 100%. Going back to Daly quickly, I just feel so sorry for her because, yes, she's playing and she says the right things about, you know, she just feels honoured to be on the pitch and she'll play wherever and, you know, politically being correct. But for me now especially obviously with Beth England coming on, getting her minutes as well. I do think Daly will be the left back now. And I think you're right with Greenwood, with that partnership with Bright, it looks a lot more comfortable. You know, she's really good on the ball. The only thing I would say is pace-wise, I really do think that's still an issue. And I think a couple of Mm -hmm. times Denmark did threaten. You know, they're not known for their speed, them two. And a couple of times as well with Lucy Bronze bombing on, you know, um, obviously Daly bombing on, there is that space that I think Mm. could against better teams could hurt us but I do I just feel sorry for Daly you know top goal scorer in the league it's unfair you know she's she's performed so well this year and she should have that opportunity to shine where she's done well. Uh, Let's talk about Denmark actually because uh, they could have leveled towards the end of the game I think we were all being maybe a bit presumptuous certainly in the first half about what England were going to do of course then Kira picked up her injury. Helen for you Denmark what's your What's your analysis really of them in this game? We were talking at halftime, obviously post-injury post, post injury about um, Denmark in the last five, six minutes. They, I think they seized the opportunity that they saw and you've already touched on it, obviously both with Kira being off the pitch, but also the mentality of, of the England players in that moment, knowing how difficult that must have been for, for the England players, knowing how crucial Kira Walsh is for that England team. And they stepped it up. It was almost instantaneous as soon as... And the game resumed in the, what was it, 38th, 39th minute. Denmark were on the attack and were causing no end of problems. And I think most of us were just praying for half time, to be honest. But um, it continued after half time. And in the last 10, 15 minutes, to be honest, they really deserved to get that equaliser. They nearly did, hitting the post. I thought we nullified Penilla Harder pretty well. Um, I don't think she caused us too many problems. Um, I thought Millie Bright was pretty physical, but I thought Alex Greenwood really saved the day a couple of times. But yeah, all in all, I think they probably deserve more from the game than, than they ended up getting. Tash, anything more for you, from you on Denmark? We've had loads of discussions about Penilla Harder and the position that she's being played in on this show. Yeah, and again, playing in the nine. And I think it's something that Denmark need to change. I think when, I think, is it Vangsgaard? Is that how we pronounce her name? Vangsgaard, yeah, she plays, yeah. For, plays for PSG, you know, scored in the first game, hit the post today, looked a real goal threat as well. I was disappointed not to see Brun come on again. You know, I think that, she had a real impact in the first game and her link-up play with Harder was good, but I just don't think it suits the way Harder plays. And, you know, they have to win their last game now. So I would change that moving forward. 
All right. Well, look, Helen, thank you so much for joining us. We will let you dance off into the Sydney night. Before we <laughs> do, of course, we need the latest. You've been keeping a little log, haven't you, for us of the local dialect, local phrases. <gasps> Things I you don't get want in to Australia. Go down this road again. That <laughs> uh, you don't get anywhere. Perhaps, perhaps you've eaten something that that you've not been that familiar with, Helen. Have you, or you've seen something in the shops? I don't know. Tell us your sort of latest, latest moment of ingratiating yourself into Australian culture. Oh goodness me! I literally just have peanut butter on toast every day. Are you I'm telling not, me you've I'm... not had Vegemite? Oh, oh Vegemite is a classic. It is a classic. No. Um, I I am a Vegemite fan, but also I, me, I'm I'm not I'm an easy easy person to please. Mind you, after tonight's game, I did think I needed a couple of grogs to get me through. I learned that today. <laughs> it means beer. A couple of grogs, beer. <laughs> All right, let's just bring it back to the beer, shall we? Uh, <laughs> Helen Hardy in Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you soon, Helen. In fact, very soon because Lindsay's off for a couple of shows now, so I'll be seeing you again over the weekend. Now, England played China next, and Denmark face Haiti. China beat Haiti despite a red card thirty minutes in. Wang Shuang scored the penalty in the one nil win after Zhuang Liang fouled Ruthni Maruthin in the box. Tash, take me through this game. There were about 105,000 penalty shouts, weren't there, in the second half. I found it really hard to keep up. Tell us what you thought of it. First of all, disappointed to see the two star players for both teams not starting. You know, Wan Chuang, who actually scored the penalty on the bench, Dumornay on the bench. So I was a little bit gutted about that. Then, obviously, the red card after 28 minutes. And my, I really fancied Haiti's today. After their performance against England, I thought they were going to win quite comfortably against China. And that actually wasn't the case. You know, I think China, the way that they managed the game with 10 players, you would have never, ever thought they had one less player throughout the whole game. And I actually think they deserve to go 1-0 up with the way they performed. Really well working, you know, taken penalty by their superstar. Uh, but then Dumane comes on second half. I actually spoke to my agent who represents her and he said that she was struggling with an ankle injury. So she was going to come on second half. And I thought she made a massive impact, you know, was heavily involved in everything again. Should have scored, to be honest. You know, she was five yards out, hit it straight at the keeper. Great save, but a player of her quality should have made it actually 1-0 at the time. And then I think she had a stone-cold penalty at the end. You know, I think she was taken down. I don't understand how VAR didn't see that. So I think actually Haiti were robbed of a penalty there. But yeah, the last 10, 15 minutes were really exciting. Yeah, I've got a question as to why Wang Shuang. Uh, she must be having her minutes managed because they did this in China's first game against Denmark as well. She didn't come on until half time or just after half time. They did that again today. So that she's obviously being managed as well. Do you think Haiti will feel hard done by Lindsay? I think they will because of the way the game ended. And as much as I want to heap praise on their performances as a debut team and their story, we are here to analyse as well. And I think really... They've only got themselves to blame. There's certainly an issue with discipline, I think, when they're defending and when their backs are against the wall a little bit. They they dive in, they're a little bit rash. They're a little bit loose, aren't yeah. they? And and I think that's the area of their game they've really got to tighten up. It could have been a second penalty to China, pretty much in the immediate aftermath. Now, 
if you can't learn after you've just given away a penalty, when is it going to settle in? When when is it going to dawn on you that we, we can't play like this? This referee is going to punish it. I thought they were mm. really fortunate not to give another one away. I mean, it looked like it was on the edge of the box, but um, we only got the benefit of one replay of that at the time. But yeah, it did look like a really clumsy foul. So as much as there the have been things that I've really admired, and certainly in the performance against England, even more so, I think when they see the amount of time that they played against 10 players in this China team, I think they're going to be really kicking themselves that this was a great opportunity. Had they drawn, dare I even say when they were on top, if they could have finished this game off, they would have had a real opportunity to go through in this group. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be very, very difficult for them to do that now. Tash, just a minute from you very briefly on how England set up against China. What do they need to be aware of here going into that next game? that they'll be full of confidence, you know, after this performance today. I think they'll probably be tired legs because they have played with 10 players for so long. So I think England can take advantage of that, the fatigue factor of things. But both teams will be full of confidence. But China have some key players that England need to be aware of. And I'm sure now their superstar will start the next game. I'll be very surprised if she didn't. Anyway, that's Group D sorted. Now on to Group G. Hi, I'm Esme Morgan and you're listening to The Offside Rule with Sky Sports. South Africa were about to get their first ever World Cup win, but Argentina scored two goals in the space of five minutes to make it two all in Dunedin. Uh, We're joined by Narika Naidu from the bench South Africa. Hello to you. I was going to say good morning, but good evening. (laughs) (laughs) And to Romina Sacha from Argentina's national TV channel Depor TV. Warm welcome to you as well. Thank you, guys. Lovely to be here with you. I stayed up late to watch the first half of this. I couldn't sleep last night. And never did I imagine that the game would turn as it did in the second half. Um, Let's get your perspective on that. One of you smiling, one of you shaking your head. I think we could probably guess uh, who's doing what. Narika, give me your thoughts on this game. Uh, South Africa, so strong in the first half, but what happened as the game went on? I think the general consensus is just probably game management. The first half, South Africa did really well. I think we have really good forwards. Our midfield is quite strong. Going into the second half, it just came across as a bit of like lack of experience in the World Cup. This is only the team's second run at a FIFA World Cup, which is amazing. First time picking up a point at a World Cup as well. It just came across as game management and I don't think personally the subs that were made in the second half were as effective as the subs that the Argentinian team made. Our subs sort of left us with a hole in the team and scrambling in the back and yeah I think we took for granted that two-goal lead Tembi Gatlana was player of the match for this one, got a goal and an assist and was a huge injury doubt before the tournament started. Is this her at her best or you know this player better than us, Narika? Is is it going to be that she grows in this tournament even more? I definitely think she's going to be a player that grows in the tournament. We definitely missed her in our run at the Women's African Cup of Nations. So it's great to have her back in the team. This game... In particular, I could just sense that she really wanted to score. Um, She was making the right movements, putting herself into space, creating chances for Hilda Magai that's up front and Jermaine that's also up front. So you can just see with her movements, 
quite a high football IQ as well, which I really appreciate in a footballer. And if we do progress out of the group stages, we are going to just see that killer instinct up front come out more from Timbi. We need to get the Argentina point of view, Romina, from you. I really, to be honest, wasn't impressed at all with them in the first half. Their defence was very gappy. They were exposed. They lacked any offensive prowess. I caught up with the second half this morning, though, and those substitutes were absolutely key for you, weren't they? Yeah, I know. The key was uh, the substitutions in the in the right time. I think they were really angry after the first half of the game and went for it and really changed the face of the game with Shamila Rodriguez doing this revolutionary game that she has uh, to to uh, brought to the game. But also, it was like a bittersweet because. The main idea is to win a game. Again, a great comeback. It's a really nice thing, but it's again a great comeback. It's not a win. Argentina has to win a game. That's the main idea of this World Cup. So uh, I think it was a, a bittersweet uh, feeling again because it was the same, guys. It was the same minutes. The goals for Argentina were in the same minute as the game against Scotland. So. Oh. Were they? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Listen, talking of goals, Tash and I both this morning were like, wow, did you see Argentina's first goal? It surely, this is Sophia Braun, stunning long range strike cut into the corner of the net uh, to take it to 2 1 to South Africa. Argentina pulling back that one. That was brilliant. Surely that has to go down as one of the potential goals of the tournament so far, Romina. Yeah, it was really good, uh, especially because Sophie, it's the first time she's at uh, the Women's World Cup and it's really young player and she really has a different game because she, she grew up in the States and she's playing for Argentina. So it's really different uh, history. And she started playing as a young player, like many of the players from the state. So it's totally different from the uh, story from the other players for Argentina that start playing like 14, 15 years, maybe, because uh, in Argentina it's totally different and the way they they start playing uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. So it's really nice. Sophie was really uh, uh, amazed about this goal and also her family were there. So uh, she went to uh, give a, a big hug for you. Her mom was here and uh, she's from Argentina. So it's really nice to like the, the whole picture uh, when they are with, when she finally scores because she was playing forward, then went to the middle, and that's when they, they get the goal came. So it was a really like a really full circle for her. South Africa face Italy next. Argentina plays Sweden. Just a small one to look forward to, Romina. Thank you to both of our guests today. It's been brilliant to speak to you. Narika Naidu from The Bench, South Africa. Thank you to you. And Romina Satcher from Argentina's national TV channel, Depor TV. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. 
Well, let us know your thoughts on all those matches using the hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod on all the socials. Please remember to rate, follow and subscribe. This show is all about you and we'd love your support. We really would. Kirsty Sampson's been in touch and said, first half Lauren James was amazing. So cool to see her live. Lucky you, Kirsty, over there in Sydney. And whilst we're here, quick mention to our friends at Women in Football. They had a watch-along party for uh, England, Denmark in Manchester today. If anyone was there, I hope you had a great time. It sounded like it was a lot of fun. Women in Football have actually recently published a survey as well with some really interesting findings, including four in five members reporting discrimination in the workplace. That's up 16% from 2020. So not exactly heartening, but it's good that the data is out there. For any women in football listening to this show, you can seek out that research. It's all available online. Next up, says she, rubbing her hands together. It's ones to watch. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports ones to watch. The game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal. It's one point for an assist and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. So the scores are, well, ladies, I've moved into the lead on 12 points after Mary Earps' clean sheet for England today. The producers, they are close behind on 11 after Rachel Daly played in defence, so uh, that's a point for a clean sheet. And the pundits have moved up to six. Well done, Natasha. Tied with (laughs) Lindsay, thanks to Mary Earps. Nothing for you in this one, Lindsay. Sadly, it's time to redeem yourself. On Saturday, France play Brazil, Sweden face Italy, and it's Panama versus Jamaica. Who are your ones to watch? Natasha Dowie. I'm going for Dabinha from Brazil. So big game against France, but 31-year-old, loads of experience. I think she probably didn't have her best game at the start, but I think she's due a big performance. Um, and I think she'll come up trumps for me with a little goal and assist. So yeah, Dabinha. I can see Lindsay furiously looking at something. She's just absolutely checking that her pick is correct. While she does that, let me tell you that producer Sophie has gone for Fridolina Rolfo for Sweden. I've gone to, for Jodie Brown for Jamaica. There's no Bunny Shaw in this game against Panama. She's on a red. There's going to be goals from Jamaica. Jodie Brown, she's 21. She plays out of Florida. She's sure to get a chance in this game. And I thought she was excellent against France. So Jodie Brown for me. Lindsay? The last point I got was for Anna Borges from Portugal. She got me a, a clean sheet point as a defensive player, despite being named as up front by ITV. That didn't happen. And I'm, I'm going to stick with my Borges. Still bitter. I'm going to stick yes, with go my... On. Yeah, I'm going to go Ari Borges. Ari Borges. From Brazil. And if you're listening to this and playing along, good luck. Let us know how you're going with the Ones to Watch prediction game. Well, that's it for the show today. Thanks very much to Lindsay Hooper. Cheers, Hoops. Thank you very much. I'm going to hand over my mantle to Helen Hardy. I hope she does better for me than she did for you. Oh, actually, she did okay for you, didn't she? Yeah, so, she yeah, did do good. Yeah. She got three days of taking my picks. <laughs> It'll either be brilliant or a disaster when you oh. come back, Lindsay. Uh, Tash Dowie, thanks to you. Thanks, guys.
And don't forget to rate, follow and subscribe. Share your thoughts with us. Hashtag OffsideWC and at OffsideRulePod. This has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. See you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.